We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon football just might be closing in on another big commitment. We're talking duck recruiting on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. It is Tuesday, November 28th, coming to you from a little bit of a chilly Long Beach, California. Today, I'm rocking my my Bellarmine Bells football sweatshirts sweatshirt just to to try to stay a little bit warm. So, uh, staying cozy, working from home today. But got another big episode of the podcast for you guys today. Uh, we are keeping our eye on Oregon's Friday matchup with the Washington Huskies, a rematch for all ages in the Pac-12 championship game. That's in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I will be on scene on Friday covering the game, reporting for Ducks Digest. Super excited about that. If you guys haven't already, go ahead and listen to the last episode of the pod where I was joined by Locked On Ducks host Spencer McLaughlin to break down Oregon's 31-7 rivalry win over the Oregon State Beavers and then get some early thoughts, a little bit of an early look ahead to the Pac-12 title game. Always a great time talking with my guy Spencer. So on today's episode of the podcast, we have another edition of the Oregon Recruiting Hour. We're talking about kind of some of the latest headlines around Oregon football recruiting as we're less than a month away now from the early signing period. I talked about it at the end of the last episode, but definitely bears repeating here. We're all focused on what the Ducks are doing on the field, but not equally important, but also perhaps equally important is what's going on on the recruiting trail. And you guys know I can never get enough of recruiting. So we're going to dive into some of the latest headlines that you need to know if you're a fan of Oregon football recruiting. So going to dive into the headlines, some notes, some analysis, some commentary, all that good stuff. So if that sounds like a plan for you guys, make sure you get settled and uh, just get comfortable, whether you're driving to work, at the gym, or just chilling at home looking for some duck talk. I'm glad to have you along on the show. 
make sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Or if you're watching us here on Oregon Football Max Taurus, here on YouTube, that's the name of my page. Okay, getting us going. We got to talk about a very important decision date for 2024 Orem, Utah, wide receiver, tight end, Roger Saliapaga. Roger Saliapaga is set to come off the board this Friday, uh, the same day as the Pac-12 title game. He has an announcement time set for 6 o'clock Mountain Time, so that is 5 o'clock Pacific, which is, I think it's exactly when the Pac-12 title game kicks off, so Definitely could be a very newsworthy day for the Ducks as they prepare for their matchup, their rematch, that is, with the Washington Huskies. But Roger Saliapaga coming out with that decision date. I actually reported that a while ago now, but reiterated that he's going to be committing on December 1st, and he will be choosing from a, a new top group. And that obviously includes Oregon. Let me pull it up so I can get you guys the final group for Roger Saliapaga. He will be choosing between Oregon, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Utah, according to his latest interview with Blair Angulo of 247 Sports. Saliapaga was recently in Eugene for his official visit with the Ducks. He was in Eugene to see the Ducks take down the USC Trojans. And a very, a very big day for Oregon's passing attack. He had big days from Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson while Sally Pago was in town for the USC game. And after that visit to see the Ducks, he hit the road again, headed out to SEC country to take visits, official visits to Tennessee and Auburn, with Auburn getting the final official visit and the final trip overall, it looks like, before Saliapaga comes off the board here. Auburn played Alabama in the their annual Civil War, or not Civil War, their annual Iron Bowl, excuse me, I'm always thinking Ducks, in their annual Iron Bowl rivalry matchup, and that was a crazy matchup at Jordan-Hare Stadium. The Tigers did they looked like they were going to win that game. And then on fourth and goal from the 31 yard line, Jalen Milrow aired it out to Isaiah Bond, who was being covered by DJ James, the former Oregon DB. And then Isaiah Bond brought it in for a touchdown. But really, when it comes down to Sally Apaga's ultimate decision, I've had my pick on Oregon for quite a while. I think dating back to October, I want to say. And I still feel really good about the Ducks' chances here. They've been wanting to add another playmaker in the 2024 class. That's kind of been one of the talking points and I've been speaking with people around the program that they're looking for more reinforcements here in the 2024 class, a recruiting class for Dan Lanning that is largely dominated by big time defensive talent. That's not to take away from the talent that they have in the full on offense, but I think just from a pure number standpoint and certainly a star standpoint, you see a clear focus being placed on the defensive class, the defensive side of the ball this time around uh, the ducks do have a very good uh, connection to the state of utah obviously landed some big time players from there that are having an impact on this year's squad most notably center jackson powers johnson out of draper utah corner canyon and then you also have linebacker jeffrey bassa who is from the state of utah and then noah sewell the former oregon linebacker actually attended orem high school where sally apaga is currently playing so Lots of connections there for the the Ducks. 
as it goes, uh, as it proceed, per, ugh, as it pertains, excuse me, words can be so hard. Can you believe that? Um, as it pertains to Sally Apaga's recruitment and then obviously Oregon's efforts in the state of Utah. Okay, let's see who else you want to talk about here on the pod. I have my next topic as a quick little recruiting note for the Ducks this weekend. They are actually, believe it or not, not going to be in Eugene, so they're not going to be able to host, at least I'm not expecting them to host, any big-time recruits for visits. But I think that's okay if you're an Oregon fan. I think that's okay if you're uh, around this Oregon football program because you're not going to be in Eugene. You're going to be on the road in Las Vegas playing for a Pac-12 title. I think that is obviously where this team wants to be right now. And I think they're going to do everything they can to try to continue their recruiting efforts from a distance, whether that's phone calls, FaceTimes, text messages, uh, edits, you know, good luck edits, whatever it is. I think that Oregon is fully aware that they need to continue to ramp up their recruiting efforts because we are in an all out sprint between now and the national, the early signing period. I talked about how I expect there to be one really big weekend for the Ducks, at least one really big weekend between now and the early signing period when they bring a lot of verbal commits back into town for a visit. And then they bring in some of those top guys that they're still going after for, uh, for maybe their final official visits or even an unofficial visit that they try to squeeze in there just before the early signing period begins. So Oregon, I love where they're at right now. Number six class nationally, according to the two, four, seven sports rankings, 24 verbal commitments. And it looks like that class is in line to grow with Roger Saliapaga set to come off the board on Friday. Another guy we got to talk about here on today's episode of the pod is a 2024 playmaker that is generating a whole lot of buzz right now. That is Burley, Idaho wide receiver speedster extraordinaire Gatlin bear that just rhymed and sounded really cool. Speeder extraordinaire Gatlin bear. Why are we talking about Gatlin Bear? Well, I think it's because he's. it looks like he's kind of circling back on Oregon, right? He's still verbally committed to Boise State, but the same weekend that he – what's the best way to word this? He popped up back on Oregon's radar the same weekend that Boise State fired Andy Avalos, which was the same weekend as the Oregon versus USC game, so early, early to mid-November, if you want to call it. That was the same day that uh, Jimbo Fisher was fired by Texas A&M. So Oregon got a recent visit from Bear, and I think that given the the recent recruiting efforts from the coaching staff going out to a a Burley game in Idaho, Joe Lorig and Junior Adams making that trip, and then that was followed up by a visit from Bear to Eugene, I think that definitely shows that there's strong mutual interest. But we have another update that we have to discuss a little bit here with Gatlin Bear, and that's that he was out in Ann Arbor for the Michigan-Ohio State game, which is obviously a really big matchup. Sorry, guys, I'm still getting over the cough a little bit here, but I'm going to do my best to just mute myself so I don't have to be coughing all in your ears. But Gatlin Bear was back out at Michigan for a visit over the weekend, and that's notable because Michigan was one of his top five schools prior to his pledge to Boise State and the Broncos, as was Oregon. They were a finalist as well. 
Steve Wiltfong of 247 Sports was able to talk with Bear about that visit, and he kind of identified um, a, a big reason that Michigan has been successful. Uh, I'm looking at a story on 247 Sports from Kevin Flaherty, who is also talking about Wiltfong's interview. But the quote from Bear was saying, quote, it was crazy. So many people and so much talent on the field. How well they develop players is crazy. They are just bigger and more physical than any other team I've seen, which is interesting because Oregon is obviously hanging their hat on on uh, physicality and definitely development. I think if you look at the season that Troy Franklin's having, it's obviously one that is among the best in the entire country. The three finalists for the Blitnikov Award were announced on Tuesday, and Troy Franklin was not among those finalists. Only three. You have Roma Dunze from Washington, Malik Neighbors from LSU, and Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. Just an interesting, I guess you could say a snub, considering that uh, Franklin has one of the best statistical seasons ever, and he's just shattering Oregon records. But, you know, you're not playing for the Bolitnikov. You're playing for something bigger than that. And I think that Franklin will be the one to tell you that. I think one of the things I love about Franklin is that he's just such a beast on the field, but he doesn't really have much to say. He's a man of few words. He just handles his business. But that being said, if Bears looking for development, I think Troy Franklin is obviously going to be Oregon's strongest example He has a really, really good case if people don't already believe that he is the best wide receiver to ever come out of Oregon. Definitely looking like a guy who has so much potential to go in the first round. But back to Bear, uh, this is an interesting recruitment because I think the writing is on the wall that he is clearly reevaluating his options, checking back in with some of his finalists. I I don't believe that Boise State has named a new full-time head coach just yet, but this is a clear opening and opportunity in his recruitment. And you're seeing other schools, Oregon included, obviously try to check back in and see if they can capitalize off of some uncertainty in Boise. So I haven't been able to interview bear. I definitely want to, if I can, but obviously anytime a guy is committed somewhere and, and there's a lot of, a lot of rumor or a lot of smoke around a possible decommitment or maybe a flip with these visits, it's a sensitive topic, but The last thing I'll mention with him is that he's another uh, Michigan guy. He's LDS. So he's scheduled to take his mission starting in January, and he won't actually be playing his college football until 2026. And these recruitments can be a little tricky because we've seen – I can't think of a specific example, but I believe we've seen people come back from missions and then, you know, a lot of stuff happens over those two years, and they maybe don't end up going or don't want to go to the school that they initially committed to or maybe even signed with. So. I'm not saying that's the case with Bear, but these recruitments have a couple of extra layers to them. So that's the latest that we're hearing, kind of the latest that we want to discuss on a big update, big Oregon target, wide receiver, Gatlin Bear. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Moving right along here on the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in on a Tuesday afternoon. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor and drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel. We are on the road to 3K and coming at you guys with a lot of Oregon recruiting videos that I know you love. So greatly appreciate the support. Another guy I want to talk about on today's Oregon recruiting hour is a new offer that the Ducks extended here in the 2024 class. That is to Tualatin, Oregon, tight end Jaden Fortier. This is an interesting one because what was I just telling you guys? Oregon is still looking to add some offensive playmakers here in the 2024 recruiting class. And we have seen Dan Lanning put an emphasis on recruiting the best players in the state of Oregon. Just look at this class in 2024. You have Devin Brooks, an offensive lineman committed out of Clackamas. You have Trent Ferguson, another offensive lineman out of West Salem. You have A.J. Pugliano, a tight end out of North Medford. So there's already a lot of guys from the state of Oregon that have committed to play their college football for Dan Lanning and the Ducks in their home state. And it kind of feels like a little bit of what you see or hear about in the SEC. It just means more. I think when you you can kind of apply a similar mantra to Oregon players, Oregon natives, Oregonians, playing for the Ducks. It just means more being able to go out and represent the Ducks and play for your home state. And this is incredibly interesting, maybe extra interesting, this offer, because Jaden Fortier, the number one player in the state of Oregon, according to 247 Sports, is verbally committed to Arizona State and Kenny Dillingham. And we all know about that connection with the Ducks, seeing that Dillingham was the former OC in 2022 and Tualatin I'll be honest I don't know a whole lot about Tualatin but when I did live in Oregon I did make it out to cover one high school football game and Tualatin happened to be playing that was Tualatin against Westview which was home to 2022 wide receiver Darius Clemens who I believe is still at Michigan and Tualatin you know from what I knew and still know Still holds to be true. They're one of the best programs in the state of Oregon. Oregon doesn't typically produce a ton of college football talent, certainly not at the clip of some of the larger states. The, the competition isn't as great in the state of Oregon. I think most people know that, but they produce some studs here and there, right? I mean, look at Chase Cota. He was he was at Oregon last year and transferred over from UCLA. And um there's been a lot of great Oregonians that have suited up for the Ducks, obviously. Uh, Marion Winston is another one right now that's from the Portland area. So this is one to watch, I think. Um, I haven't been able to interview Jaden, but I think when you look at the situation in Tempe, rough first season for the Sun Devils under Kenny Dillingham, um, just obviously a tough situation. Totally different deal recruiting to Oregon versus recruiting to Arizona State. 
but we know that he is an alum and that that's home for him. So if I'm if I'm Jaden Fortier, I'm looking at this and really it's just do you want to be a part of a rebuild at Arizona State? You know, granted, I think Kenny Dillingham is a really, really good coach, and I'm excited to see what he can do this year, but next year, but he was obviously pretty limited offensively with the personnel that he had this year. Just look at what the offense looked like against Oregon. Do you want to be part of a rebuild or do you want to be a part of your home state's program that has tremendous stability, I would say right now, after Dan Landing shut down those Texas A&M rumors? Do you want to be play for the Ducks, play for your home state, and play for a program that is killing it, just playing some really, really good football and is among the best teams in the entire sport? So I think that kind of is how I would look at these options if I'm Jaden Fortier. I don't know if he's an early signing period guy or not, so timing is obviously going to play uh, an important role in this recruitment now, seeing that that option is now on the table. And I just also wonder where he lies for Oregon among priority targets that are still on the board in 2024 because they're still recruiting Roger Saliapaga after Jackson Ford, the tight end out of Texas, decommitted. And they're still going after Gatlin Bear, still probably going after Jeremiah McClellan, the Ohio State wide receiver commit. And we'll see, you know, some some new developments will likely pop up between now and the early signing period. So there might be someone who shows up on campus or is getting recruited by Oregon that I didn't know about or that you didn't know about. So you never know. That's just why I really thought this was an interesting offer for the Ducks because he has been right in the thick of the conversation. Fortier has as one of the best players in the state. So why didn't he have an Oregon offer? Just makes you wonder a little bit, but this is definitely one of those later offers that I think is worth keeping an eye out on an eye on Tualatin tight end, Jaden Fortier. Six foot five, 220 pounds, and I believe he is a four star caliber player. Rolling right along, we got a couple more guys we want to talk about on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. This is the Oregon Recruiting Hour. It may not be an hour long, but it is the Oregon Recruiting Hour. Let's talk about a five star recruit in the 2024 class. We're talking about McKinney, Texas safety. Xavier, Phil Simi, Phil Same. I'm not exactly sure how you say it. I kind of like Phil Simi more. It sounds cool. So if someone knows how to say it, go ahead and leave me a comment. But let's talk about Xavier Phil Simi because he has been on Oregon's radar for a while now. And he's verbally committed to Florida. And we had some news coming out of Gainesville this week with um, with Billy Napier choosing to part ways with fire, whatever we want to put it, co-defensive coordinator, Sean Spencer, as well as defensive backs coach, secondary coach, Corey Raymond. So you wonder, as we're in this era of the co- this window with the coaching carousel, with the transfer portal, with early signing period looming, this could be the opening that Oregon was looking for. I haven't heard a ton of buzz between Phil Simon and Oregon. I know there was an interview that Phil Simon did with Mike Roach of 247 Sports a couple of weeks ago after he came out west to visit USC. But in that interview, he talked about maybe going to visit Oregon the week after he visited USC. Now, I don't believe that that ended up happening. I didn't hear anything about it. I didn't see anything about it on social media. But we talk about it all the time. You hear the mantra, commit to a program, not a coach. But we still see it happen 
every single recruiting cycle. Relationships are king, and players end up committing to coaches all the time, whether that's the head coach, whether that's the position coach, whatever it is. I'm not saying that Phil Simon has said any of that specifically. I, I don't believe he has said that specifically, but just knowing how recruiting works, knowing the layers, knowing the dynamics, this could be an opportunity for Oregon to come in. I mean, Florida has had a terrible season, and um, it kind of seems like they let that game against Florida State get a, get away from them. So it's it's interesting. And then this morning, Phil Simon, um tweeted out a tiger emoji. He was previously recruited by LSU. Texas was another program that was involved. So if there's an opening there, you would figure that Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns would want to get involved. But Oregon's got some some good connections in the state of Texas. And Phil Simey had Oregon as one of his final schools before he committed to the Gators. And he's been on campus before. So it's not like the Ducks are starting from scratch here. And if you have a shot to add a five-star guy this late in a cycle, you are going to take it. Take that shot. Take that opportunity. See if you can get him out to Eugene for a visit. Absolutely keep an eye on Xavier Phil Simey as a guy who could pop up in Eugene between now and the early signing period. I think that is a super important name to watch here in the 2024 cycle as Dan Lanning and the Ducks look to have a really, really strong close. Um, we already talked a little bit about Jericho Johnson, a big time defensive lineman from Northern California. He was on campus this past weekend for another unofficial visit and the Ducks still have that official visit uh, to get from Jericho Johnson. I've been told that that's going to come the weekend of December 8th. And we know that Jericho Johnson is scheduled to make his college commitment during the early signing period next month in December. I've had my pick on Oregon for a while, and I think that Oregon continues to pull away in that recruitment. So final note on Phil Simey, I think that Oregon does want some help at the se uh, in the secondary. Um, they already have Kingston Lopa and Aaron Flowers. Aaron Flowers is an All-American safety out of the state of Texas, so I think that would be something that obviously helps Phil Simey, helps Oregon's chances with Phil Simey as you get to play with a guy from, from your neck of the woods and kind of the, the whole Texas takeover mantra out there in Eugene. Texas has been very kind to Oregon. They also signed Tyler Turner out of San Antonio, Texas in the 2024-2023 class. So keep an eye on Xavier Phil Simey for Oregon in the 2024 cycle. Okay, one more guy I want to talk about on today's episode of the podcast. Appreciate you guys hanging in there with me through all the coughs and everything, but I've been muting myself, so hopefully that's not too bad. Let's talk about the 2025 class and one of the big 2025 targets that Oregon recently hosted for an unofficial visit during the Oregon State game. You have Laverne, California, Bonita linebacker, Noah McHale. He is one of the top defensive prospects on the West Coast. He's ranked inside the top 50 overall prospects, according to the 247 Sports Composite. He's a four-star, 0.9754, number 47 nationally, number seven linebacker, and the number five player in the state of California. He raved about his first ever trip to Eugene. Was a little bit surprised that it took Oregon this long to get him on campus, but with how well they're playing defensively, that's obviously going to attract some big-time talent. 
we know the West Coast has been incredibly kind to Oregon in terms of big-time linebackers that they've been recruiting. We talked about Noah Sewell. And then even look at this 2024 class, Kamar Matuti out of Los Alamitos, California, Dylan Williams out of Long Beach Poly, Braden Platt out of Yelm, Washington. So maybe Oregon's looking at this and Noah McHale could be the next guy. He is among the most coveted linebackers in the country, 35 reported scholarship offers. And I think Oregon has definitely solidified themselves as a solid contender in this recruitment. One of the highlights when I got to speak with Mikhail about his recent visit to Oregon was sitting down with Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, the coaching staff, and building those relationships and kind of just talking about <clears throat> what he can do at Oregon. He talked about Oregon's linebackers, seeing them communicate, having that knowledge, and making those checks themselves is big. He loved the game day atmosphere. A lot of the same stuff that you hear from these recruits, but just important to, to emphasize here that Oregon wants to keep the top guys out West at Oregon or playing on the West coast. USC defense, not doing that great. They're involved here, but I think that Oregon would probably have the edge there. And then you also have, um, you have UCLA as another school um, that, that could potentially be in the picture, uh, a Southern California school, West coast school, who knows what's going on there. They're retaining chip Kelly, supposedly, but it's been the mark. They've been well short of the standard. I think that a lot of Bruin fans have out there in Westwood. So there's about every school coming after Noah McHale. He's one of the best backers in the country. Really good athlete, six, three, about 218, 220 pounds. You see him there. If you're watching on YouTube with some of the film, you see him there taking some plays at running back and scoring a touchdown there. We know how important linebacker play is. Hasn't been the best in recent years. It's been great, I think, this year under Dan Lanning. But before he was able to get his guys in, I feel like the, the linebacker play at Oregon uh, was not where it needed to be. So I think that we've seen how important the linebacker position is to Dan Lanning and Tosh Lapoy's defense, guys like Jeffrey Bossa and, and Justin Jacobs, who came over from Iowa. Really, really like the linebacker hall they have in 2024. It might be among the best in the country. I think it is among the best in the country. And if you can, they'd love to continue to build that momentum with a guy like Noah McHale. Told me that he doesn't have a decision timeline right now, but he is working on narrowing down his list to a top group. I don't believe he's made a cut just yet. Like I said, tons of offers on the table, but Oregon, I would fully expect is going to land among his finalists or his first cut down in his recruiting process. Another big time talent out of Southern California that has been an incredibly productive pipeline for Dan Lanning and the Ducks at Oregon. And it looks like they did a good job with a big visit from Noah McHale over the weekend. That full interview is over on DucksDigest.com. It is a free read. So if you guys want to check it out, go ahead and give that a read. Got a couple more big interviews coming out this week. Uh, some 2026s. Two, uh, one five-star, you have uh, Brock Harris, the tight end out of uh, Utah. He was in he was in town for a visit on campus. You have a couple of Oaks Christian standouts, highly, highly rated guys. You have Deshaun Rideau, I talked to him, as well as Devon Benjamin Jr., who is loving Oregon. I'll have those interviews coming out throughout the week before I hit the road to Vegas on Friday morning. So, That'll do it for me on another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in, however you tuned in. 
just some quick reminders. You got to lock in with me on social media for my latest and greatest in Oregon football and recruiting. I am at mTaurus Sports, that name right there on your screen. On both Twitter and Instagram, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus, and you can read me over on DucksDigest.com. Share the show, share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, family, and other Duck fans. Keep an eye out for uh, the Ducks Digest newsletter. I am trying to bring it back. It was on. It was a feature on Twitter, and then it got taken away. So that uh, we got to adapt, and I need to bring that back. So keep an eye out for that. And um, yeah, until next time, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.